Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and you've reached the Book of Mormon Lecture Series. I've been teaching seminary and institute for the last 11 years, and uh, this is an attempt to do a deep dive into the Book of Mormon itself. I'm hoping that you'll find this uplifting and edifying. This is not an official recording of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but every attempt has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. So if you're ready for a deep dive into the Book of Mormon, here we go. Hi, and welcome back to this Book of Mormon podcast. This is going to be regarding 3 Nephi, chapter 17 of the Book of Mormon. Before we get into this chapter, I just want to read a couple of introductory things. Uh, first of all, we know that uh, what's happened so far is that Jesus has been teaching the Nephites. He's pretty much spent the day with them, uh, showing himself to them, letting them handle his hands and feet, and and uh, teaching them the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, so just want to read a couple of things about uh, this particular chapter. Von Featherstone said, let me tell you the greatest experience I believe I have had in all my readings of the scriptures, and I'm sharing something that is very tender with me. I remember the night that I read 3 Nephi, the 17th chapter. That is when I discovered the Lord Jesus Christ, my Redeemer, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, my Savior, my personal Savior, and I believe that is where I finally found the description of the Savior as I thought him to be. I want you to know I was there. I wouldn't know any more surely if I had been there than I would know having read this book. And I promise you that that vicariously, every single young man in the church can read the scriptures and have that same experience with all the prophets. And you can gain your own testimony. And it need not be pinned on someone else's coat sleeve. You can actually know. You can know that we have a modern prophet. Read his words. Listen to him. This chapter, chapter 17, also gives us a really good insight into the heart of the Master, a tender, kind, and merciful Savior. The mercy he extended and the spiritual blessing he bestowed upon them also serve as a foreshadowing of his millennial ministry, when he will come in glory with healing in his wings to prepare for the ultimate triumph of the plan of salvation. Chapter, uh, chapter 17, verse 1. Behold, now it came to pass that when Jesus had spoken these words, he looked round about again on the multitude, and he said unto them, Behold, my time is at hand, and I, I perceive that ye are weak, that ye cannot understand all my words which I am commanded of the Father to speak unto you at this time. Therefore, go ye into your homes, and ponder upon the things which I have said, and ask of the Father in my name, that ye may understand, and prepare your minds for the morrow, and I come unto you again. So notice what he's done here. He's done um, kind of a formula for how we can gain better understanding of the gospel. Um, and it kind of goes along with what the church has emphasized about uh, home uh, gospel study, home gospel instruction. Notice that he says here, uh, go to your homes. That's a pretty easy thing to do. We can go home, ponder upon the things which I've said. So as we study the scriptures, as we listen to talks, as we attend general conference, uh, as we go to the temple, uh, to go home and ponder the things which we've learned, which we've uh, which we've heard, and and uh, which the Lord has has said, um, and ask the Father in my name that ye may understand. And so again, not just pondering, but then asking the Lord to give us uh, information to help us understand better the gospel. Uh, and then He says, uh, and then prepare your minds for the morrow, and I come unto you again. So it's a repeated thing. We go back to the we go back to the temple. We go back to church. We go we go back and listen to talks again. And so that's the pattern for which we can gain better understanding of the gospel, uh, is by um, is by having this uh, this pattern here that the Savior is giving to us. So this is really what we should do after general conference and after temple sessions, is to go home and ponder the messages and then ask the Lord to help us better understand. 
Verse 4, But now I go unto the Father, and also to show myself unto the lost tribes of Israel, for they are not lost unto the Father, for he knoweth whither he hath taken them. He's probably going to visit the descendants of Hagoth and others of the lost Israelites. And it came to pass that when Jesus had thus spoken, he cast his eyes round about again on the multitude, and beheld they were in tears, and did look steadfastly upon him as if they would ask him to tarry a little longer with them. And he said unto them, Behold, my bowels are filled with compassion towards you. In Middle Eastern customs, the stomach is the center of emotions. In the West, we would use our heart, but in the Eastern custom, uh, it's the stomach or the bowels. And so this again shows that this is translated material from Hebrew, not uh, a Western uh, concoction. Verse 7. Have ye any that are sick among you, bring them hither. Have ye any that are lame, or blind, or halt, or maimed, or leprous, or that are withered, or that are deaf, or that are afflicted in any manner? Bring them hither, and I will heal them, for I have compassion upon you. My bowels are filled with mercy. For I perceive that ye desire that I should show unto you what I have done unto your brethren at Jerusalem. For I see that your faith is sufficient that I should heal you. The healing was to better prepare them for additional teaching of the gospel. This way they won't be hindered by preoccupation with maybe some weaknesses or, or diseases that they have. This way they'll be able to be taught without any distractions. Verse 9, it came to pass that when he had thus spoken, all the multitude with one accord did go forth with their sick and their afflicted and their lame and with their blind and with their dumb and with all them that were afflicted in any manner. And he did heal them every one as they were brought forth unto him. Verse 10, And they did all, both they who had been healed, and they who were whole, bowed down at his feet, and did worship him. And as many as could come for the multitude did kiss his feet, insomuch that they did bathe his feet with their tears. Verse 11, And it came to pass that he commanded that their little children should be brought. So they brought their little children, and set them down upon the ground round about him. And Jesus stood in the midst, and the multitude gave way till they had all been brought unto him. And it came to pass that when they had all been brought, and Jesus stood in the midst, he commanded the multitude that they should kneel down upon the ground. And it came to pass that when they had knelt upon the ground, Jesus groaned within himself. This shows his deep concern for all of God's children. And said, Father, I am troubled because of the wickedness of the people of the house of Israel. And when he had said these words, he himself also knelt upon the, ground, upon the earth. And behold, he prayed unto the Father, and the things which he prayed cannot be written. And the multitude did bear record who heard him. And after this manner do they bear record, that the eye hath never seen, neither hath the ear heard before so great and marvelous things, as we saw and heard Jesus speak unto the Father. And no tongue can speak, neither can there be written by any man, neither can the hearts of man conceive so great and marvelous things as we both saw and heard Jesus speak. And no one can conceive of the joy which filled our souls at the time we heard him pray for us unto the Father. And it came to pass that when Jesus had made an end of praying unto the Father, he arose. But so great was the joy of the multitude that they were overcome. And it came to pass that Jesus spake unto them and bade them arise, and they arose from the earth. And he said unto them, Blessed are ye because of your faith, and now, behold, my joy is full. And when he had said these words, he wept. Jesus wept for joy, like Joseph wept for joy on seeing his brothers again. Bruce C. Hafen said, He wept, he who had descended below all things, the man of sorrows, he who bore all our griefs. The height of his infinite capacity for joy is the inverse mirror image of the depth of his capacity to bear our burdens. So it is with the enlarged caverns of feeling within our own hearts. As the sorrows of our lives carve and stretch those caverns, they expand our soul's capacity for joy. 
Then when the man of sorrows turns our bitter tastes to sweet, our joy and his will fill the widened chambers of our hearts with what the scriptures call fullness. That is when we have accepted his atonement and love with such completeness that his purpose for us is fully satisfied. Then will we know that we were made for this. Then we will know where and why and to whom we belong. For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Continuing verse 21. And the multitude bare record of it, and he took their little children one by one and blessed them and prayed unto the Father for them. And when he had done this, he wept again. And he spake unto the multitude and said unto them, Behold your little ones. And as they looked to behold, they cast their eyes towards heaven. And they saw the heavens open, and they saw angels descending out of heaven, as it were, in the midst of fire. And they came down and encircled those little ones about, and they were encircled about with fire. And the angels did minister unto them. Minister means to discuss or to chat a back-and-forth conversation. Can we imagine anything more lovely, more touching, and more glorious than this scene must have been? Can we conceive the joy that must have filled the hearts of these Nephites as they beheld the angels of heaven, descending from the courts of glory and ministering to their little ones? How deep must have been their love for the Savior, who had brought these blessings to them? How strong must have gone have grown their faith to him? Or in him. We cannot recall a circumstance in recorded history that draws earth nearer to heaven than this, or that seems to bind the ties so strongly that unite the powers of eternity with the children of mortality. And that was by Reynolds and Shodal. Verse 25, And the multitude did see and hear and bear record, and they know that their record is true. For they all of them did see and hear every man for himself. And they were in number about 2,500 souls, and they did consist of men, women, and children. It must have taken hours for everyone to come unto him, maybe as many as 10 hours. Testimonies of these 2,500 stand as another witness of Jesus Christ. I bear testimony that these things are true. And uh, this is uh, one of the most touching scenes that we read about in the scriptures. And I bear that testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time. Bye.